What's shaking, cats and kittens? Rob Lee here for this month's presenting sponsor, Night Owl Gallery. Night Owl Gallery is an intimate, artist-run exhibition space showcasing the original paintings and fine art prints of Beth Ann Wilson. Also, it features curated goods from local artists and craftsmen. You'll be sure to find one-of-a-kind gifts, handcrafted jewelry, home decor items, along with a few vintage treasures. Located in the rear of 248 South Conklin Street in Highlandtown, across from the Sally O's, Night Owl Gallery is a unique space that brings together Wilson's love of the arts, community, and culture. Additionally, Night Owl Gallery hosts an array of arts and crafts workshops throughout the year and participates in community events, many of which are free and open to the public. So in this ever-changing world, safety is their priority. So feel free to join them and hit them up online at www.nightowl.gallery. Tell them Rob Lee sent you. Welcome to Getting to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And my next guest is a contemporary American artist that since 2003 has created hundreds of large scale works exploring social, emotional, and spiritual issues. We have Michael Owen on the podcast. Welcome yes. to the podcast. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Like I said earlier, yeah, it's going to be a good, good conversation today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's uh, you will be the, the the first person that I've met during the um, the art walk series. I'll start calling this people I've met during the art walks. Wow. Yeah, that was uh, a really good time out. You know, we had a little art walk here in Highland Town. I don't say little, but um, it's actually kind of grown over the last couple of years. And the week that I saw you out there a couple of weeks ago, I was blown away. It was cool to see people from other parts of the city artists from other parts of the city and then all the creatives right here in Highland town kind of coming out out of their little shells, out of their homes, out of their heads, all that. Yeah. At, at the time, kind of braving the, uh, the elements of the, uh, the cicada brood doing their thing and all of that stuff. And I, I, you know, kind of recognize and going there the following week that that Highland town area is kind of that it's, it's kind of a little hidden secret when it comes to having that art, you know, situation there. A lot of people just think it's station North. And that's mm-hmm. it. And it's different areas. Like I didn't know, and I don't live too far away from that area that, you know, Charmington um, Holistics is over there and uh, Beth Ann's place is over there. I was like, hold on, this is where it's at. Right. You know? Right. Right. So, yeah. We got a little hub of creatives over here. And, and, and that's great. It's great to kind of see it spread out because you get different vantage points and just a different, different scenery. It's like, they, I think that's respect reflective, like in that area, obviously there's a kind of a um, Hispanic, uh, like, uh, like population over there. So sure. you may end up getting some of that there. Then you have just, just different stuff that's popping up and it feels like you're in the County and, but not really. Yeah. Those are some things that kind of uh, brought me to the neighborhood that you're talking about right now. Yeah, sure. I've been in this neighborhood for like 10 years. So I mean, a lot's changed in that time. Lots changed before I even got here. I'm sure I'm going to keep changing, but it's, it's a nice spot right now. And, um, you got a lot of different types of people living together, which always creates a interesting neighborhood. Totally. 100%. Yeah. So, so stepping back a little bit, cause I buried the lead, uh, describe your work. Like how, how, uh, if, if something, you know, I gave that 10,000 foot view of what I read and what I tried to gather and trying to summarize it, but uh, it's deeper mm-hmm. than that. Right. So describe your work for the fine folks. <laughs> Well, yeah, I think a lot of people know me for the murals that I've been doing because those are so public. You know, those are like billboards out there. Yeah. Um, you don't find you don't have to go into a gallery to see that work. 
you don't have to know how to talk about art to see that work. You know, you're kind of running into it on the way to target or whatever, <laughs> you know, and it's like not exactly what you're expecting to have part of your day. And you're confronted with this, you know, big piece that those are kind of some of the things that, it, that got me into murals at the beginning. We're having those different kinds of conversations, putting it in different places. Um, cause I came out to Baltimore to go to Micah in 2000. Mm -hmm. So I got like a real, I was fortunate to have like a real, uh, classical training, you know? Um, but I was really like drawn to other parts of Baltimore while being in this, in the city. So I was, I've been trying to figure out ways to like <clears throat> bridge those gaps since, um, with the talent, with the education that I got and, uh, all different types of people. That's really interesting to me. Not just the same people that I see at the galleries every time. Yeah. So being able to bridge those gaps and, and, and going back over where some of your, your focus has been at on the emotional, the, the social and the spiritual issues. Right. What kind of, kind of drew you in that area to like really capture what I think in terms of like the, the love murals are, it's, it's big. And I think that that's a message that often when you think of Baltimore, you don't think of love, you don't think of kind things. And that right. is a kind in your face reminder mm. of love and emotions and things. So what drew you to like this type of work and a subject matter? Wow. Um, first of all, thanks for saying that and giving me your perspective on it. That's cool to hear. Everyone's got a different feel on them. You know, it's not a, uh, and, and that's kind of why I was putting it out there. I knew it was, a heavy word with a lot of connotations. People got drama around it. Yeah. <laughs> History, <laughs> you know, some people don't believe in it. It's, it's people got different experiences with it, but it kind of seemed to be something that I wanted to kind of consider in my own life. And at the time, you know, I had a, a really young, young boy. And I was thinking about some kind of ways that I want to raise him. So personally, it just kind of came out of this interest to explore, you know, and express like I think a lot of artists do. But when you put it out on a public stage like that, you know that that's only half half the work, you know, the response with the community interaction and communication with them. Like that's another whole half of the other side of what I'm trying to do. So, I mean, these are all instigations, you know, yeah, to to think about it, to maybe do something about it, um, to talk to somebody else about it and just kind of throw these, these ideas and thoughts into people's lives when they're least expecting it. Absolutely. I think when you go into it, yeah. When you go into a gallery, you're like, uh, yeah, we're, we know we're going to be showing up and talking about art. So let's put those hats on. Let's sound smart, get the wine, get the cheese <laughs> and, and, and schmooze a little bit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I did that for a while and I saw that where that was going or not going. And just uh, been trying to refocus and have more of those conversations. So a lot of the work's been getting smaller for me recently and getting to be more in people's homes and in their personal space um, and trying to find out why people are connecting with the work there. And that's exciting for me now. It's great. So in, in it, like you, you touched on that, that's the thing, the, the murals are what people are seeing. So aside, aside from that, right, what would be like a, a piece of art or a project that you worked on that you're particularly proud of and why? Hmm. Well, <clears throat> there's this, um, 
art center here in Highland Town called Creative Alliance. And um, <clears throat> I was a resident artist there, like living and working for a few years. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot there. You know, I was, it was, I was going through a season in life where I was really open and trying to figure out some direction and, and needed some help too. So I saw like through being there and through their example, kind of like how art and community, art and community can really like make changes on an individual like level and how you can connect to neighbors. I mean, you mentioned the demographics of this area. I'm a white kid. So (laughs) I walk up to some of these workshops and they're like, okay, we're going to make art cool, but I'm not going to connect to this guy. So how do we like, what is community art actually, you know, and I was starting to really think about that. And once I left there, I just wanted to do more of it at my own space. So I think one of the personal projects, you know, that maybe a lot of people don't know about, but I've just been kind of working on is out of my own space, turning my own space into a residency program for artists and other creatives too, to create work out in the city and specifically in this neighborhood and connect to the people in this neighborhood. Um, so it's a very, site-specific kind of project being at my spot site-specific in the way that we're trying to talk to people locally um and that was just been influenced from the like the creative alliance and probably like the the decade of work before that just working out in the neighborhoods so so speak on the 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 importance of like artists that are more community minded because uh that that's i think that's important but what what is your take on that that degree of importance especially um in a place like baltimore oh wow <laughs> i'll go with the hard hitting questions <laughs> i mean if you're not no i'm gonna say especially in baltimore i mean that's a whole other that's a whole other conversation i mean yeah. why community art is important okay but in baltimore like you I think this, this city recognizes real. And if you're here for the wrong intentions right away, you're, you're not going to get anything out of it. I mean, you might be able to get your project up, but nobody's going to give a shit. Right. It's not going to have any legs beyond that. And um, you're not really going to get the support that you need. So I think in Baltimore, the importance is like, the reason I'm still here is because of the people, mm-hmm. the people here have shown me like what's important and kind of changed my values over the time that I've been here. Um, so that needs to be in the work. And when I'm doing work, that's not just for me where I'm not just in my studio expressing whatever the hell I want to do, like whatever color I want to do. Like, it's important for me to be thinking about the people that are going to be interacting with the work. Who's for, Yeah. why is it important? It's, it's like, community work for me, like is adding to like the environment that I'm living in and that gave to me. So if I can kind of add to the conversation, the best way to do that is in collaboration with the people around. Otherwise I'm just like taking something out of my sketchbook, slapping it up on a wall. It could be anywhere. That's, that's the thing that I kind of look at. Like when I see businesses and I get really kind of annoyed, like I, I think of Starbucks, right. And I'll go to Starbucks, get coffee, get my sludge and keep it moving. Right. And I've gone to ones in Baltimore, I've gone to ones in New Orleans and just different places I've traveled. And I was like, 
can they add something on a menu that makes it feel like it's part of this area other than I'm just getting the same experience, mm. maybe what's maybe from someone with a different accent and, and different background. But mm. can I, if I go to new Orleans, can I get a, their version of the cafe du Monde joint with the oh, chicory yeah. in it? Or if I go here, like, I don't want to <laughs> see obey around the rim, but at least yeah, tell me that exists. Point. Like, can you do something that feels like it's part of it? And that's where that line between businesses talking about their being involved in the community. No, you're, you're not, you're, you're, not you're a vampire or what have you. And, from. and I think now if they could do better in terms of maybe working with some of the local, local artists to be a part of it, cause they have the funding because they're a business to try mm-hmm. to make that work a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of times people just come in and I think some artists kind of do that move. They come in like Baltimore, what have you. And as you touched on, they may come in, try to get the clout, try to get whatever social equity they can get. And then it's like, road, you know, this is a bump in the road. This is a stepping stone onto that next thing. And we don't really jam with that here. No, absolutely. And I knew I was up against that when I first came into town too. I think when I was without dating myself, well, I think I already said some years in there. So y'all can figure out how old I am. But when I first graduated from Micah, like people would either go home or they go up to New York. Mm -hmm. Like really? There was like me and a couple other people out of my graduating class that stayed in Baltimore. It's like, why? You know what I mean? Like what, you know, you don't have the resources here. And when people say resources, they say money and the traditional ways of making money for an artist and making a living for an artist. So that was this whole conversation that I needed to move around and figure out my own way here. But since then, like things have changed and the gallery scene is not just in New York. I mean, people all around the world are going to be here in this interview and, I can show more people my work day of than I could ever, you know, show in person in a, in a promoted art show in a day, right. you know, so things, a lot of things have changed, you know, and I think it's, there's, if people always are trying to pull from the culture here, I think that they have an opportunity to be more a part of it now and um, mm-hmm. invest themselves into it now. And I think there are, resources here beyond the traditional kind of ways that people have been thinking about in the past. Um, artists got to make, make do with whatever they do. That's kind of what we do. Yeah. So if you're going to blame it on Baltimore, you're not going to make it anywhere. Absolutely. And I think if, if, if you're seen as you're, you're doing good shit and you're about what's happening here, it, it might be the universe or what have you, but you'll be taken care of. I, I, that's, that's what I, I feel. And that's what I see. And I've heard it from so many different people who've had a story that they've moved from somewhere else and been here. And they said, the community always looks out for me. And I've heard from that. I heard about that from different artists in various disciplines. Right. And I've heard about that from some of the small business owners that the community here, the community community, but right. as, as soon as it looks like you're not really about it, it's, it's cut off. You're cut off. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt, I felt my way going that way in some of my years here and felt some resistance. You know, there, there, there've been times I felt different and I was going for the money. There are times I've been feeling different and wanted to move and have been working in other cities to try to get out. Um, times I've been trying to get bigger, better stuff like that. And, um, like I said before, the reason I'm here is for the people, I mean, community people network, whatever you want to call it. Like, all that stuff runs out. Yeah. All, all the other stuff runs out. So we, we, we touched on money. We touched on the cloud and all of that. Let's go back to what it could be. What is, and this is, this is a weighty question. As I look at it, 
What's the purpose of art? <laughs> that is a weighty question. I know. I, I just thought about it. I was like, oh, that's a little dickish. That's, that's a little, <laughs> a little <laughs> weighty. <laughs> the purpose of it, I mean, everyone's got a different reason. It's a tool, right? Like, yes. so everyone's going to be using the tool different. Um, I think it's changed for me too. You know, I've talked about using it for my own self, using it for money, using it for front page stuff. Um, I've used it, uh, to express myself when I didn't know what was going on inside. Yeah. Um, I've used it as a tool to, uh, have a communication with the community. I mean, we touched on the love project. Um, that's probably like, you know, the project that really showed me how important it was to interact with the community instead of just, uh, putting up a piece and dipping out. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know? <laughs> right. Because I think, you know, people actually cared about it and 20 doing 20 murals around a city that looked the same is no joke. I mean, I don't know anyone else who's done that before. Right. So people have different reactions to that, you know, and they have their own feelings about that. And, um, you know, for me, like I said before, it was kind of a test. So, to see if this, it was a kind of a test to see if the work could hold up. Like sure. I've been living in a few other cities before Baltimore and no, no place like this. And that's why I'm still here. So, I mean, if I felt like if I could paint this image up in different neighborhoods and it could stand up and people could connect to it, then it might be something. So in that way, I'm using art as a tool for, an, you know, experimentation. Um, and recently I've been using it as a way to teach. Yeah. and um, open myself up more to private lessons and people that are looking for a way to develop them, themselves personally. So looking at it for exercises for personal development. Um, what the purpose is, I mean, that can change day to day for me. Yeah. So what, how, again, this is, this is weighty. We're going to get past the weighty questions. We, this is the last weighty question. Maybe. No, you can keep the weight on. It's all right. Uh, so, everybody has their own own definitions around it. And I, I remember an interview I had with um, DDM a while back mm. and uh, he was point blank and he was just like the Grammys. That's, that's how he determines success and what have you. So mm -hmm. what does success mean for you in, in your space? Mm. Again, I think that's changed that that's evolved for me too. You know, I think today it's a different answer, you know, than maybe a few years ago or 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, I think for me, success for a while has been like, if I can make it, make it as an artist, like as if I'm just doing art, um, and that's my living, but I've been doing that for so long and feeling unsuccessful at the same time that I don't think that's right. I mean, I've been, this has been my job my whole life. Like 2003 might've been like maybe one of the first murals, but I was still in college then. Yeah. And I was already like kind of starting my business when I was in school. So that was like success for me. I was trying to make it like my living, but I think there's more going on than just money, you know, and more than what we see right now. So accessing some of those, those things that might be a little weird, spiritual kind of emotional, maybe buried deep inside of us or stuff between people we can't see. Mm -hmm. If I can explore that and help myself understand that and others through art, then that's kind of where my success is at right now. Yeah. There, there's just so much we can't put words around, you know, and I'm, I talk a lot, but 
I don't have many words. And um, that's kind of why I'm doing the art is because it's like more words to put around or more ways to express and understand. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this book I've been working on for a few years. That's like a few hundred paintings that I started and then put some poetic prose around it. And uh, this book's like, in the design development stage. So it's getting closer to print, but that whole project was just to look inside and see what's in, what's in here below the skin and the, below the emotions, what's like deep down that I haven't seen before. How am I connected to things that are bigger than me? What do you find down there? Can you, can you get back out? What does it look like to get back out? I mean, I'm trying to do that through, like materials I have around in the studio, which is a really interesting uh, experiment in itself, <laughs> you know, but that's kind of like, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm working on this book and I'm like, I don't know if anyone's going to get this. <laughs> they feel like I'm on this journey alone. I feel like um, I'm wasting some time, maybe a few years on this. And I mean, I'm just being honest at different parts of my, you know, this, it's been a few years working on this big project and, you know, like it took me a while to be like, that's not where the success is going to lie. You know, sex is going to lie within me expressing this because I needed to do this. Getting to that spot is taking me a long time. Even as somebody that people look at as an artist doing their own thing, not really. A lot of it's been commissions. A lot of it's been tainted by other people's ideas, their money, whatever it might be. And um, putting out a pure putting out a pure piece of art in my mind is would be a success for this endeavor. That's, that's, that's good. I I think that's kind of where I'm at when it looks, when I look at doing this, like Mm. I always talk about it. I know people are tired of hearing it, but I've been podcasting for 12 years and Mm -hmm. you you really get caught in analytics. Like how many people downloaded this? You, you equate this with how good it was or the value and whether people are talking about it and so on. And at a point, I realized other people were coming in and giving me their feedback as to how I should be doing something. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you learn all these different things, bad business deals and things like that. And, and working with kind of the wrong people. Um, one thing that comes Mm -hmm. to mind was, uh, you know, Baltimore matters a lot to me. I've always lived here. It's my home. And, uh, I remember I was doing a uh, podcast for a, um, I was doing a commission podcast. It was a series and all of this stuff, money was involved, all this different stuff. And mm-hmm. the people were kind of, when the unrest happened, they had a lot of interesting takes that I was like, Oh no, 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 no. You're not going to talk about Baltimore like this. Not at all. Yeah. And uh, especially they weren't from here. They were from out of town. And I was like, you're just from your position talking about this, and you want to be a chucklehead, you, you, you know, and I was like, I'm not going to bite my tongue. And I just, you know, publicly because they were being public about it. I said my piece and it's like, look, you're not going to take these shots. And mm-hmm. it was just like, I, yeah, for a period, I became a professional bridge burner. But I was like, my, <laughs> I was like, this matters more to me. And yeah. I was like, I feel something from this. And I felt like I was uh, subjugating part of my personality to do that. I, I am a troublemaker. I'm a person that runs my mouth. I, I like to ask those types of questions. I like to get to the root of things and understand things better. Right. And in doing that, that, that show, I, re- I recognized I was kind of selling out my intention mm-hmm. and why I was doing it. So looking at success, I'm kind of in that, that a similar spot where it's like, all right, you make some money here. We're doing that. 
what matters though? Do your, does your authenticity matter? Does it matter that you're learning something, you're progressing and you're continually doing it and you feel comfortable mm-hmm. and, and, and satisfied with what you're doing? That's where I'm eliciting in, in that feeling of success from. And mm-hmm. I think once you get to that, that point, it, which some people would just say, oh, purely it's money moving on. But mm-hmm. I think you're misidentifying. I think when people do that, they misidentify it because money can disappear. The value mm-hmm. of money changes all the time. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think the bulk of my early career was taken up with corporate commissions, you know. Um, and it took me a while to realize, like, how little of my voice was actually in the work at the end of that, you know, looking back at my portfolio, being like, oh, this person asked me to do this. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was able to kind of get my concept in there, my flavor a little bit, but like overall, like this is their space, their idea. And they call me in to kind of make it happen. Yeah. Um, and that didn't sit well with me, you know, like I wasn't sleeping well and I was tired all the time. Like, what the hell is that? <laughs> like, <laughs> seriously, I couldn't go to sleep and I was just tired all the while, all the time. Like, I think you just got to really listen to your body and self. And it's hard to like tune into that when, when you're on the grind and when you're driving for, you know, just for sake of driving or for sake of grinding or for sake of making it. And like, I wasn't even listening to the advice that I was telling other people, you know, (laughs) like, you know, they're like, Oh man, I want to be an artist someday. I'm looking at them. I'm like, you are an artist. You've been making art. You are making art. You're an artist. You know what I'm saying? And like, they got all this, and then I'm going and then I'm turning around and doing something, you know, and yeah. it took me a while to kind of like recognize that and say, you know, I'm uncomfortable with these situations that the corporations are putting me in and asking me things to do yeah. um, without naming any corporations or stuff like that, you know, but you named one earlier and some other people I've been working with before where they'll just ask you to do things. And it's like, you see that all the decisions affect the bottom dollar, you know, mm-hmm. and you got people running the show like that. There's not conversation to be had there about the power of art, about what this can do. If somebody walks in their office and sees it in a different way, it doesn't, that's not the boardroom's not the place for that. So I had to remove myself from that, that, um, path for a few years now. And, um, which is scary because I mean, if that's your, if that's your source of living, or the primary source of it for your, I mean, it's like a job, you know, like who you're working for. So there's been some changes I've been having to make over the last couple of years, you know, um, that it's like, I I need to look more and more. I need to look at how I'm feeling more. I need to recognize how I'm sleeping, how I'm feeling, stuff like that. And this is, I was just watching this reality show, like, binge watching it um the other day and they were like girls something i'm gonna get like i'm gonna have millions of dollars and we're all we're gonna have all the girls out here drinking on the beach and stuff like that and we're just gonna be hanging out i looked around i'm sitting there watching the reality show in the middle of the day just hanging out just sitting there like relaxing i was just popping between there and my studio making art and i just you know was talking to my son on the phone like this is it though like it doesn't need to look like that you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like if I'm actually doing the thing and enjoying the life, like anyway, I'm kind of going off right now, but it, I mean, the struggle is real to feel like you are who, who you want to be, who you mm-hmm. say you are, that you are a creative, that you are an, art, are an artist. And that doesn't stop. You yeah. know, that doesn't really stop. 
I romanticize part of that. Like I always try to look at the, it, it's, it's, it's sad. It's depressing all of that, but I like to look at, well, I, I romanticize the way that comedians present their day to day. Like, mm. yeah, I'm going to get up, do something for an hour and then I'm going to go back to the hotel. Like literally that's what it is. And I just, yeah. <laughs> I, I just like that, that structure where I might be at a, a, a cafe for a way longer than I should be or what have you. And this notion of wage slaves, man, but you know, this notion of kind of being on someone else's clock, that's what makes me romanticize it so much. It's like, I want to be responsible you know, within means, I want to be responsible for what I have to do and how I use my time. So in, in this last like year plus I've been able mm-hmm. to balance both doing a lot of stuff creatively, like in this year, I've probably recorded 120, 130 podcasts wow. and just knock it for, for this particular podcast. And I do yeah. two other podcasts. So I'm just cranking things out while still being able to balance and you know, that is satisfying to me because mm. it's like I'm satiated from the creative side. And that's the thing that regardless of what amount of money I made from the day job and whatever that uh, a feeling of financial success looks like and comfort looks like that for me, it's like a prerequisite. It's like, mm. these are the things that actually make me feel fulfilled. And these mm. are the things that it's like, Oh, okay. And now being in a different spot to be having these conversations with artists and entrepreneurs and, being able to better understand, like, I don't have to try to work this day job to fund my creative pursuit because those mm-hmm. things were getting mixed and sticky. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. I wasn't like in a way that I was feeling right. And it started feeling like I'm treating conversations like this, right. Where mm-hmm. you're talking about things that could be heavy, things that have an emotion attached to it, things that have a degree of vulnerability attached to it. And I'm just rifling off questions because I need to get to the next one. And it loses something that is not the intent of the storytelling. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of us have been thinking about that through COVID. Yeah. You know, we had a lot of time and and for an overthinker like me, I don't know if it was maybe too much time, but I I think we all had a lot of time. We had an opportunity there to kind of uh, restructure some things. Absolutely. 100%. I think for everyone it was a little different, you know, but I think each of us had, at least a little bit of time to kind of look and see like, hey, are we okay with the way life's going right now for us? And for me, the way that I was living my life with time was uh, a big red flag that I had to change. I was just too busy, like meetings, keeping myself busy, thinking that grinding and hustling was like the, the way to go. And it's taken me some while to kind of restructure and find the balance that I need. And I'm, I'm still working on it, you know, but I think if like, there's a lifestyle that seems desirable to you, like where you're able to kind of live out the way that you're supposed to go and live and your creativity's flowing, right? Like that's just the direction I need to go. And, yeah. um, the last, the last year over quarantine and, and some time before that, I started making some moves on this before, but, um, that, that time really gave me an opportunity to be like, look, I want to focus on one thing a day and giving me the opportunity to like say yes to other stuff. Like mm-hmm. friends be calling me up and I just like, I can't get together or like maybe in a couple of weeks, but now it's more like I want to be available, you know, for yeah. my friends. I want to be available to the muse too. If yeah. I get that inspiration going, I don't want to be like, well, I got to go on to this job for a week. Yeah. 
So um, there's some kinks I'm still working out, but I, I, I'm hoping that other people out there that are listening to this are kind of thinking about some of that too. How are they structuring their time? And as they re-enter society, kind of what are some things that they want to maintain? What yeah. boundaries do they want to keep up? And I think sometimes people get into this spot where they get super rigid. And my, my partner, she, she comes to me all the time. She's like, you hate talking to people. How do you talk to people? How are you doing the schmoozing and all of that? And I was like, it's not my thing, but I reframe it. I was like, mm. I, I was like, this is related to the podcast. This is related to my creative pursuit. So it doesn't feel like that. Mm -hmm. It was just purely, Hey, go network. Oh, ah, you know, I'm yeah. awkward and long and it's just mm -hmm. like, I'm in the way. So it, it's just one of those things where you start to learn how to really look at your time. And I, I just remember giving a piece of advice to, um, to her kid, uh, who's like, he's like 20 and he was just like, how do you shift your time? How do you use your time? And I was like, I steal time. I try to block out things and prioritize things that kind of matter, but I try to be as efficient as possible. And mm -hmm. I, you know, that, and that's a departure from what it used to be. It used to be me doing these podcasts, editing the mm -hmm. podcast. Now I have an editor. I, I don't, I don't do that anymore. And, mm -hmm. you know, or it's me doing the, the day job and uh, I need to put in these 10 hours. It's, hell no, that's dead. And I, I need to be able to get this off my plate and move to the next thing and not in a, not enjoying it not being, and not being meaningful and, it, and not being mindful towards it, but being able to know when to stop and mm. when to be able to add time for having real conversations with people and having real interactions. If I want right. to go to a restaurant and sit there and get the full situation, I might want to get dessert. I shouldn't have to rush through it. Right. Oh gosh. I, yeah. I, I feel you. I mean, I've been there. I've been the guy at the parties. It's like, what do I talk to him aside from art? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, cause like, that's all he talks about. That's all he does. And it was true. Yeah. Like I was so flat, you yeah. know, like, <clears throat> and I think that my work kind of reflected that too. If my work's an expression mm -hmm. of really what's inside, how deep can it be if I'm being shallow? Right. And I, and I think like, seeing like some of this other parts of life being important to my art really helped me give some validity and start to carve out that time that you're saying, like, I used to wish that I could go on vacation for myself. The only vacations I would take were when I got work out of town, I would just add an extra week. Yeah. So I get a job in LA. Okay. Well, let's make it two weeks in LA. I got a job in Miami. Okay. Let's make it two weeks in Miami. But I was never being like, no, this is what I need to do. And because I wasn't seeing it as like affecting my expression, I was just seeing as me wanting to do it and selfish. And I could put that on the back burner. I got a kid that's in high school. I got this going on, blah, 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 whatever. And I was like, no, like these trips for me, like if I can go out and get nature, I started seeing like I was drawing, literally drawing those pictures when I came back. Yeah. I was literally taking those, the, the inspiration of the color palettes. I was rem reminding these, these, like spiritual, like literal, like spiritual experiences I was having outside of Baltimore and bringing them back into my work. I'm like, wow, this is taking it to next levels. I need it. This needs to be a part of my life. This needs to be a part of my practice. Yeah. And like what you're saying, like you're reframing it and you're saying like, Oh, I'm an artist. Like I look at things differently. So when I'm watching a movie, I'm not just trying to be entertained. I'm looking at that. Like I'm learning about the director's vision and how they see the world and their viewpoint and stuff like that. Like, so I'm looking at things differently and not being like, no, I'm just not going to watch a couple movies here. I'm doing some research. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not just going on a trip. I'm getting inspired. 
Yeah. I'm not just hanging out with my son. I'm learning about the depths of being a parent and what love means. So I can like broaden it beyond my understanding of when I just put up the love mural 10 years ago. Yeah. So yeah, we got to get out there and do our thing and structure our lives as creatives in the way that makes the creativity like really blossom. Cause the nine to five, the other way that people see world, like that doesn't work for us. It doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for me either. And it's, uh, it's, it's a balancing act ultimately. And yeah. then you, you, yeah. you, you recognize like, this is where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I have two more questions and now they get to Baltimore and they get to the hypothetical. So hypothetically, everything, but one thing from your creative space or studio is taken away. Shocker, right? Uh, you can keep one thing. What would it be and why? Did you just hear my cat meowing right before you asked that question? Because I would probably bring Tonks, my cat. <laughs> He's like, no, no. she's trying to get up in this interview right here. Don't forget me. <laughs> she just turned her back to me and went to the food right when I said that too. Okay. That's great. Well, I, I think I'd bring her. She really got me through this last year. I mean, she's actually my first pet that I've ever had in my life. Oh, wow. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just been an amazing experience to connect with her, you know, and and just to be loved by an animal. I mean, the intuition, yeah. uh, the telepathy. I mean, there's some weird things going on over here at the studio right now with this cat. And it's amazing. <laughs> and it's and it's just so great to have her here with me, like during such an isolated time and for her to come up and just be like, hey, get out of your head. I, I had a, I had a really rough time. I have a, uh, I have a cat, he's a rescue. And I, I was having a really hard time with a, uh, a sick relative. My brother was sick. And I just remember I was sitting there just not coping with it well. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't had the cat long and uh, his, cat, his name is tiger. And I was sitting there in the bathroom, just upset. And I was like, this is terrible. I don't know what's going to happen with my brother. And he's came mm-hmm. in there just like lick my hand. Like it's going to be good, man. Exactly. I was like, what is exactly. this? <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Is this, I'm a new cat owner. Other people need to tell me in the comments or whatever, if that's normal, but like she, her intuition is off the charts and like the, the timing is impeccable too. It's like, you go deep in your head sometimes and they can feel it. They're like, yeah. all right, come on back out to reality. It's like, it's like that batting at it. Like it's a string yet. You, yeah. you got it there. <laughs> uh, so this is the last question I have. And this, this could be interesting. So when, when you think of Baltimore, what are mm-hmm. the first three things that come to mind? First three things. Well, I mean, we already been talking about the reason I stay here, the people. So let's just say people. Baltimore, number two, I would say just creativity. And the word I'm using something general, I, I want to use the word creativity specifically because there's like this general creativity among the, the people here. That's just like they, people are just seeing things differently. Like the focus is on that rather than some other things in other cities. Other cities have focused on something different, but I think there's appreciation for creativity, whether it's like the way you construct the paint on a canvas or the way that you just get something done on the block. Like people are just creative around here in the way that they problem solve and connect to other people. Third word would be, I know Maryland feels a little South, but I feel like Baltimore is like East coast. So I'm going to say it's got an East coast feel to it. I mean, I was born out in Seattle, which is very different. Mm-hmm. Lived in the Midwest, which is very different. Lived down in Florida, which is very different. And I know we're in the shadow of Philly and New York, and a lot of people feel like that. But we have this East Coast feel to it that I just love. Yes, in, in the city, yeah. in the city, Eastern Shore, other parts of the nah. county, no. But Baltimore, I would just say, East Coast. 
Definitely. It's definitely an East Coast city. Saw all that Mason Dixon line nonsense. Let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's get that out of there. Uh, no, no. <laughs> so um, thank you. Thank you for, for all of that, sharing all of that. And what I will invite you to do now, um, if you will, uh, shameless plug. Your, your social media, your uh, website, all of that stuff so people can check you out, check out your work and all of that good stuff. Yeah, um, Michael Owen Art. You can find that on Instagram. MichaelOwenArt.com is my website. I've been really enjoying uh, putting stuff on Instagram, just kind of showing the back end of what I do and the why behind it. And there's been some interesting conversations going on there with just some of my practice, the process and the experimentation in the studio. So check me out there. So yeah, that's, that's it. Um, I'll do my sign off and thank you again so much for uh, coming on to this podcast. This has been a lot of fun for me. It has for me too. Thanks for having me, Rob. So for Michael Owen, I'm Rob Lee saying that there's art in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for it.